This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. Woo! James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. Chill. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping out the rest of the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bits. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend I'll let Welcome to One Nation Radio, and now here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd, and thank you for listening. Welcome to the October 26th edition of One Nation Radio. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. It seems like we have ourselves a big-time angle. So <laughs> whenever WWE does that, it tends to kind of reinvigorate the, uh, the, the senses. So I'm kind of into it this week. I'm kind of into it this week. A big-time angle, not we're a- not talking about Kurt. I mean, we'll get to that, but like, look, not everything made sense, but but uh, it was it was fun. Uh, all the stuff that happened this week, yeah, man. Most of the stuff that happened. Yeah, man. We had a TLC uh, last Sunday. We also had, uh, you know, it went down on Raw. Uh, gang yeah. fights and you know people getting jumped. Yeah. Uh, fair ones being shot in the back. You know, um, uh, Jason oh. Jordan running up oh. on Chad or Jason jo- or Chad Gable running up on Jason Jordan. Like, I owe you this. You know, oh, how dare you break up this tag team? Um, there, there, there are like, plenty of little moments. Like you derailed my career, you selfish motherfucker! Shut <laughs> 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 up on that man. Oh, and especially like okay, so the one fair one I truly enjoyed was like the women. Like yes. the dudes walk up and they're like, oh, like it was something like some grade school stuff. Where it's like, oh, I see a fight, it's going down, so you just make noise. Yep. It was great. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things are going on. Uh, I guess we can just start with TLC now. Uh, James, what are your overall thoughts on the show? Um, I, I thought that it was really, I mean, aside from, you know, the every single gender, or not gender, but uh, every single uh, Enzo match we're going to get, um, you know, those are going to be the, the drizzling shits. But, but um, you know, you know, pretty much the card lived up the expectations, or not lived up the expectations, but exceeded expectations because the expectations were so low. Uh, you know, we got solid matches out of the, all the women um, matches. We got uh, we got a great um, exhibition match that was AJ and Finn, and we had a memorable um, main event. That's for sure. Like they, you know, it was, it was all the sports entertainment that uh, that to, to Vince's content, his heart's content. But we we got it was a success in my opinion. So I give the show a thumbs up. As I mentioned on uh, Chad Matthews' podcast, what up, Chad? And we're going to talk a little bit about that later. Uh, I just want to say rest in peace to Braun Strowman. Uh, thoughts and prayers out to his family. Um, he was he was killed during the main event in a compactor. Uh, don't know when we'll see him again. You know, somehow they're still. I, I was kind of offended that they didn't open up Raw with a graphic and them ringing the bell ten times. You know, they just want to go ahead and murder somebody. You know, live 
on on the pay per view. You know, that's the least you could do for the man. The man gave his life for this damn company. For the, for 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 y'all trying to have y'all best all time quarter ever. Y'all had it on that man's back. How dare y'all? Y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. Oh man. But um, yeah, I, it it was it was like I said, like you kill somebody off and then you tell them. Uh, you do something that that would intimate like somebody would be murdered, and then like you show up the next day and say that yeah he'll be gone, he'll be off TV for a couple of weeks. It's like oh you fucking idiots! Like what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> uh, another one, another one, another one that I thought was really good was uh, at the pay per view. They mentioned that Bray Wyatt, you know, the supernatural being, uh, the person that you know shape shift and teleport, uh, was sick with a viral infection. I was like you fucking guys, you just like. I wouldn't even say nothing. We all know, we all know he's a human being, but like he doesn't play a human being. So like, you know, just say he's, you know, he won't be there for whatever reason. Like you don't really have to give reason. Like you just say he's not going to be on the show. It's the, the subject or the card is subject to change. You don't have to say that like you know, your supernatural gimmick guy came down with the sniffles. I don't, I'm not, I'm not even trivializing the sniffles, but like just say like, oh yeah, that guy's sick. Like. Well, shit, tell him the, the abracadabra or presto kazam out of that shit. Like, I've seen the Green Mile. I know you can get rid of get rid of sickness if you into the the hokey pokey spooky shit. You know, you can just blow the blue uh, flies out of your body and uh, and, and heal yourself. Uh, but uh, I thought it was a, a oh, hold on, hold on, before you get to that, like you know, you know how like all the tropes there are for black people in in uh, movies. Like and one of the tropes is actually like, the magical the magical the healer Negro. man and like and Michael Clark Duncan was a like, literal magical Negro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, blackest wrestling podcast going. Um, <laughs> um yeah, I, I thought it was a fun show. Um, it was WWE clearly in a situation where they had Doodoo set up initially. You know, had that card not changed, and then they got thrown. You know, some curveballs. And they made the most of, you know, what looked to be a dire situation. Like, bringing in AJ Styles, I, I can't credit them enough, you know, and I said this on uh, Chad's show. Like, it's, you know, it's telling that they called Styles. You know, they didn't call Brock Lesnar. They didn't call Jinder Mahal. They didn't call Randy Orton. They didn't call Nakamura. They didn't call Kevin Owens. They called AJ Styles to bring his ass up from Chile to fly 18 hours and just roll out there and um, and deliver what I thought was a four-star match. So, shouts out to those guys. Um, and besides that, you know, we had Asuka debuting. Uh, James, what did you make of that, uh, of Asuka debuting? Is so, she ruined? So, I have, I have enthusiasm for a lot of what happened over the past, uh, or the, this earlier this week. And... Uh, but I also had a lot of issues with, with some of the booking decisions um, based off of, like, my God, why will you do this with this person? Why would you even put this person in a match with that person at this point in time? It makes no sense. Uh, and number number one for me is Asuka on Sunday and on Monday. Um, like, for me, they, they don't learn. Like, I've said, for you, I've said to you on the podcast a bunch of times that this company does not learn lessons. Or they learn lessons the hard way, or they're slow to learn. And them and what they did with Nakamura and Ziggler, where Ziggler shows up and Ziggler is a, is a you know more or less a geek, 
And you're uh, portraying this up-and-coming person with vignettes or talking them up like they're such a big deal. And, you know, they they are a big deal based off what they did in NXT, but, you know, this is a lot, it's a lot smaller of an audience compared to the general audience in uh, WWE. So you need to impress people to uh, to shine them up to show them that, like, like the, the substance matches the hype. So... Same in the same fashion that they messed up with with Duncan Moore to start off with, and um, they did the same thing with Oscar, where Oscar's fighting a geek and she has a way too competitive match. Where um, you know, if you're going to do that, then maybe you should look at what they did with Nakamura when he first showed up in NXT. Where all right, people want to people may or may not know who Nakamura is, even though who the hell watches NXT that actually knows that doesn't know who Nakamura was at the time, but. You put him in there with one of the you know, with the biggest star of that brand's history at that point in time, Sami Zayn. You go out there and you put on a classic, and you have that kind of match to get him over as he's a star. Either that, or you need to go in there and you need to kill somebody. They didn't either. I thought it was weird, very I, weird. And you know, I called this. I felt like the you know this would happen. Uh, and I believe I used the same parallel you just did, like with Dolph Ziggler and Nakamura, yep. and. It's mm-hmm. just amazing that what can be so special in NXT can like just get roughed up with Michael Cole commentary and WWE booking. You know, the, the, those com- those are the lethal combinations. Like like those those two things will bury you. You know, if, if you can't rise above them. And you know, it's been two matches, so I don't want to go too crazy on that. Survivor Series is still yeah. coming, but. If you look at how you would like to introduce Asuka, a month of build-up, people swore it was amazing, you know, everything was happening, and, you know, they even put it in the same spot. It was an opening match. Like, <laughs> like it was the same spot as a Nakamura match. So it's like, who thinks this is a good idea? Come on, Vince. I know you listen to the show. Right, yeah. And another thing about it is, this ain't the first. This ain't just like her and Nakamura that they've done this to with people that had, you know, people that you know they're trying to um, get, make a big impression on over immediately. Like they did the same thing with Bobby Roode and Ziggler, where, like, well, not at first with, with Bobby Roode. Like they brought him up, and he, he came in, and he killed guys. But the problem is after that is they took him off TV so that. Ziggler can come up with a, with a, a character and a, and a gimmick to immediately go in a feud with Bobby Roode immediately after. And then they had their pay-per-view match, and that's what happened. Like, there's a, there's a weird thing with WWE going on right now, where the main roster anyway, where, like, are, they, 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 they're, they're really good at presentation. You know, video packages, making things feel important, making things making you feel like the historical weight of things, like for example, um the, the women's first money in the bank. Um but like the execution and and the or the execution after that, like it just you know, it's very finicky. It could be it could follow through and we'll have good moments and in other moments not so much. And other ones that'll leave you scratching your head. Yeah, um, so, yeah, TLC, and, and, you know, the main event was, like, every type of, it was a ridiculous car crash, there was a lot of stuff where I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on, this is stupid, and then there was other parts where it was like, holy shit, this is crazy, 
Um, I definitely enjoyed seeing Kurt Angle come out there and pop up behind Rollins and Ambrose with the biggest smile on his face. Uh, just happy to be there. Braun Strowman is apparently a baby face if he's alive. Um, yeah, what'd you have, James? Okay, so do you remember the, uh, the, like the, the match, like the, uh, the graphic, um, Side by side matchup of uh, Sean versus Austin at WrestleMania 14. Well, like, Austin it looks like Austin with a you know with a skull on looking mean, and then like you know Pretty Boy Sean Michaels has a, has a look tough when he has like the little strand of bang like lingering over his face. Yeah. Okay, so for me, seeing the Shield come back, come out there with those two together, uh, Ambrose and Rollins in the tactical gear or whatever, the, the riot gear, whatever you want to call it. And you know they got the face the faces on or whatever, and then all of a sudden like you see oh happy dad Kurt just like walk in there smiling like hi guys like it was so, it was so <laughs> is, it, is it time to fight now? Like, yes, like it was it it was it was great. It, it's it's one of the uh, it's one of the better memorable moments of the year. Yeah, uh, but like as far as the Strowman thing is. Him and Kane have to be outside of the uh, of the of SummerSlam, like they, or Survivor Series. They have to have a match, don't they? Yeah, they they've got to have a match. They could put it at Survivor Series, but you know, you never know how they want to do these things. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking because like, Rod Lesnar matches don't go long, right? Yeah. Um, out of all the championship matches. Like the only match you expect to go like for for real time, like you know, over eighteen minutes would be um, tag the match. tag match. This so, is such poor planning by WWE to have all the those champions be bad wrestlers, heels, or both. <laughs> I'm not even concerned about the. I'm not even concerned about like the bad wrestler thing. Like, if you can get a, you know, like you if if you have. I mean, who would be like the face equivalent of a Baron Corbin in ring? Uh, Titus O'Neil. <laughs> okay, if you built a storyline around it, could you, I think you get a good storyline uh, or a or a credible storyline match with all of the cheating and smoke and mirrors that that comes with a Miz match with all the cheating in the Miz garage. Um, but you know, when you have Natalia versus Alexa, Hill versus Hill. And uh, just what you're talking about with Corbin and Miz, Hill versus Hill, and like, I mean, you could Brock's not necessarily Hill; he's just Brock. But you can also say Brock versus Gender, you know, and in certain instances, are, is Hill versus Hill as well. It's it's a it's a it's a really weird card, and I, and I don't know I don't know how this is gonna work. I think there might be some title changes, at least like for the short term, like or at least like where. They got to flip something up. I don't know how they're gonna do that with three matches with like you know this guy's like oh yeah we you know whatever. Yeah, I, I think they, I they need to do that as well. Um, and that kind of leads into what we were gonna talk about next, like with the whole Raw invasion where they were uh, jumping out, you know, on uh, the what the Raw invasion. There Correct. you go. The, That's the, the, one. the, the supposed uh, Kendrick Perkins voice, you know, invasion. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, yeah, so so Shaman Man showed up on Monday Night Raw looking all happy and jovial. Um, sh- you know, somehow he, he hugged a man that once belly to belly suplexed him through glass. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have done that, you know, but, um, he, he showed up with all his, you know, lower tier goons. Actually, no, he showed up with all his goons pretty much except Randy Orton and like, you know, Owens and Zane. I, I can't think of anyone else I, I didn't see, but the funny part of the whole thing was like, you saw a couple guys to start, and then every attack, you would see a couple more guys. It's like, hold on, what is Nakamura doing here? I didn't see him before, like, and he has, like, the blue shirt on, and it's just like, this looks so funny. Like, <laughs> like they're walking through the backstage like a gang, just rolling up on people. Talking about, oh, you want to run it? Like, what up, Oos? Ain't seen you in years. Look, ain't, ain't seen you in years. What's up, what's up Titus? What, what's up, Apollo? Run it. Yeah, slap it some skin and whoop their black asses. Yes. Uh, and the women, they uh, went out there and, and, and fought on the head up uh, and, and just beat yeah, them down in 10 seconds. Yeah. You know, like, what do we need to see a match for? Y'all got beat up. Bad. Like, yeah, I, I'm just, you know. AJ Styles with the blue on. Up. Jumping on, folks. Yeah, wearing red trunks. Like, it was so funny. Yeah. Like, he shows up in the red because, you know, he's on Raw or whatever for the first time in, um, you know, a sense of brand split. And then, like, he shows, and then, like, later in the show, like, nah, bro, blue shirt, double agent. <laughs> Turn. <laughs> Call me 007. Yes. And yes. they're doing their whole thing under siege and trying to make it a hashtag and all that. You know, WWE and they owe uh, Brandon. Um,. But yeah, so they didn't they didn't come with the immediate attack after on SmackDown. I think it was good that they did that. Let let it breathe a little bit, but um I thought it was uh I thought it was an okay angle to do. Yeah, I mean another reason why they didn't do it immediately after is because like look at the roster. Like no there's no Orton I'm sorry, not no Orton. There's no uh Reigns, there's no Bray like there's no there's no Braun. Like if you're gonna do an invasion, like you don't you don't should actually no Brock as well because Brock ain't showing up for that shit. So uh, if it would be really weird if they actually did do that with like they show up with geeks, yeah. just, just they show up with like the the you know the the I guess for lack of a better word like uh, the job squad. Be like yeah, we're gonna come out here and beat you with like we gonna come out here and we're gonna beat y'all up. We gonna beat you up Nakamura and we gonna beat you yes. up with the Drifter. <laughs> you know, they, you look, know, they do it. <laughs> I, I got more faith in them than you do, I guess. But uh, yeah, like it would—it just wouldn't have uh, seemed right. I will say, like, what do you think is going to happen as far as uh, like entrance into both uh, matches, both uh, women's and men's uh, Survivor Series matches? Like, like, who do I think is going to fill out the rosters? Yeah, like now that I guess Sami Zayn's not on a roster, apparently that I, I don't know why you do that, but um, or or like Nakamura Owens won't be there. I I think they're gonna go ahead and have Nakamura win that match. But uh, if I had to pick SmackDown's squad, excluding Zayn and uh, Owens, I'd probably go with Orton, who's there, Nakamura. Um, I think you got to look at it's another single. On that, on that side, gotta be AJ. AJ. Yeah. Well, 
And then, um, okay, so next week, if I be, if I remember correctly, I think that they're doing Ziggler versus uh, Rude. Rude, who they'll probably you know, do Ziggler teaming together uh, for the ass whooping. Uh, I think they're having a match next week, and whoever wins that is going to be into inserted into the uh, Survivor Series male match. I think they're going to let Ziggler win, so he can come out there and get pinned at a uh, Survivor Series. Um, so what's <laughs> what's that up to four? Yeah, that's four. All right, I guess I need one more. Um, so I've got the roster pulled up here. I think you could make a case for Handsome Rusev. Mm, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so on the Raw side, um, I'm going to go with old Roman Reigns. Of course. Uh, I think you're going to see Bray Wyatt. Hmm. The, the, okay. AKA the Sick Boys. Um, Finn Balor. Jason Jordan. Okay. And a returning Samoa Joe, hopefully. Okay. I was thinking I was thinking Joe uh Joe Reigns, Balor, Jordan, and I couldn't think of a fifth at the time. Because I, I was like, you're really gonna have Bray, you're just gonna squash the Bray and um and Finn thing and just have them on the tag team together or because you know I figure that you have that you leave Bray off and then be conspicuous by his absence the fact that he's going to go come in the middle of the match and fuck uh, Balor again and then they have the match they have another wow. match at the end of the year because um, you know that's how that's how that's how all Bray Wyatt matches uh, fuse work is he, he he like doesn't sh- like he's out of sight out of mind and then comes and fucks you over during a big spot like uh, of the year yeah and then uh, also uh they don't underestimate them trying to slip the drifter into this match. Do not underestimate it. Well, I, I don't know. Like, you got to pick one or the other. You can't put both of them in the match. You can't put Jordan and Drifter in the match. Does Vince McMahon think that's like a WrestleMania main event one day? You know what I was thinking? I was thinking, like, this is like the New Age Bizarre. This is like the New Age Bizarre Rock versus uh, Triple H. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Wow! <laughs> like it's, it's like we got this. We got this body guy. We got this body guy, and we got this other body guy. One's one's white skinned, the other one's white, and, and with long hair. We're, <laughs> we're gonna, we and we're gonna and we are going to make sure that those guys become the next guys, and we're just gonna put them together for now. We'll see what happens. Now, granted, like I said, bizarre because neither one of them dudes like like Jason Jordan is like the opposite of Rock in that like. The Rock in '98 was like super green as a wrestler still, but like he had all the charisma. He had all the charisma uh, building to it in him building in '98, and like Jason Jordan, like has all the work, has all the wrestling part down, but like has the charisma of of a wet sandwich. Damn. So, so like that's. See, I was thinking more like Rock Triple H. I was thinking more Rock Triple H '97, like when Rock was Intercontinental mm-hmm. Champion the first time, like Rocky Maivia versus <laughs> versus Ooh, yeah yeah versus that's the Blue Blood, one. you know Triple H. So that's a good one. So uh, yeah, that's 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 an interesting parallel. Um, another uh, look, this, yeah, go ahead. Hey, this right now. Them two aren't going to be the titans of the industry in two years. I can tell you that right now with Jason Jordan. <laughs> that shit ain't happening. Not a, not a fucking chance. Bro. Um, you know, speaking of the titans of the industry, you know, Kane is, is apparently back. Uh, you know, 
dominating and destroying fools. Uh, single-handedly destroyed AJ Styles and the Shield. Uh, you didn't see Kane get beat up on Monday at all. Uh, and then, oh. inexplicably, uh, I might add, uh, Kane went ahead and defeated Finn Balor clean as a sheet. One, two, three, and what was essentially described to me as a squash because I didn't see the match. Yeah, bro, that like the, ma- the match was pretty much just like a, like a heel squash match, except it went except like, it was Finn Balor in it, and it went a little bit longer than the average squash match would go. Like it, like I wouldn't call that comp- it wasn't anyone's comp- version of a competitive match. Like if you were to say, I would say like uh, I would say probably like a seventy-five twenty-five match. Hey man, but the ending, but the, the but the ending was what made it like so. Just like, oh my god, he killed this dude like a doorknob, like dead as a doorknob. Like he chokes, like he's about to go up for the coup d'état. Uh, Kane sits up, and before you know, apparently, like you know, Kane sit sit up and, and is able to stand up and grasp him by the neck before you know, Finn can dab out and get down for off a turnbuckle. But whatever, he sits up, grabs him by the neck. Drag instead of giving him a super choke slam off the top rope, he brings him down, choke slams him three times in a row, and then pins him. I was like, my Jeez. god! Um, so, so now I'm I'm going to go through the roster to find anyone, literally anyone else that could have taken that ass whooping. If you want to establish Kane as a as a monster and a killer and all these, you could have sent. I got one for you, Matt Hardy. Yeah, you could have sent Matt Hardy out there. You could have sent Apollo Cruz out there. You could have sent Titus. You could have sent Titus out there. You can send Goldust out there. You can send yep. um, Rhino out there or Heath Slater out there. Shit, I forgot they're on the roster. Yes. <laughs> they, they, they got their ass whooped backstage, so maybe their night was already uh, spoken for. But you could have sent any of those dudes out there. And, uh, you know, especially if you're putting Finn Balor over AJ Styles the previous night, it's like, who, you know, who, I don't. No. Oh, we didn't talk about uh, AJ Styles and Finn Balor throwing up the two sweet and everybody losing their minds. Mm. Yeah, man. Like, that was the best match. That was the best singles match since what this year in WWE? Um, I'll I have to look. I have to look. Probably, I probably I mean, say, I probably say, uh, since Balor's match last month. No, nah, that match, no, nah, that, that match was good. That, but this match was great. Like, there's a, nah, like, might watch it again. I would, yeah, like that match was way better than uh, that Bray Wyatt and uh, Finn match. Like, not, I'm not like if I by way better. I mean, like, it's like a half star better. Hmm. So, um. Like that's where that's where I'm at on that. Um, what was I going to say to you? They throw up the two yeah, sweet, I, I, and, and, pe- and people lost their mind. And apparently, it's cool again to throw up the two sweet. I mean, it's always cool to throw up the two sweet. It's just you know, are they making money with you throwing it up or not? <laughs> you know, are you making money on the on the inside or outside of that wall? So that's where that's how they they get down with it. Intellectual property. Yeah, man. Um, speaking of making money, um, 
<laughs> Brock Lesnar, uh, with his huge contract, uh, was in the ring with uh, Paul Heyman, and they absolutely uh, dipped Jinder Mahal in the chicken grease and fried him in the middle of the ring for the world to see. Uh, Paul Heyman came out there and called him the make-believe Maharaja. He called him the... Um, he called him a guy that was ducking all... He barely escapes all his title matches, and he's trying to avoid another one. They called him, you know, the same brother's frauds for essentially stealing his gimmick. James, what did you make of this segment? Because, like, they killed... it. Like, they basically held the mirror up on Jinder Mahal and put him on the Summer Jam screen last night, or Monday night. Yeah, so I did not watch last uh, week's episode of SmackDown Live. Um... But I heard about the gist of him calling out uh, Brock and, you know, the crowd, like, gave out audible gas because they're like, really, dude, you're a fucking geek of a champion and you're fighting against, like, the, you know, this dude that's so big, he doesn't even show up for PVs or regular pay-per-views. Like, he, like he, he, you know, he's the ultimate main eventer, right? He's the super main eventer. Uh, so, you know, I thought it was interesting that, you know, they didn't give, you know, they didn't have, uh, they didn't have, him and give him some type of rub of, you know, you're accomplished, da da da, you're a, this long reigning champion. He flat out said, you, he flat out said, you're a joke, which, you know, depending on how you feel about gender, you know, like either you think that's the absolute truth or you think there's some, or at the very least, you think there might be something to that. So I, I thought that it made me it made me feel very uh knowing how WWE gets down, it made me feel very, very uh cautious that they might swerve us and, and gender fucking wins. If Jinder Mahal defeats Brock Lesnar, prepare to hear like, you know, you remember eight mile, uh when before uh I wanna say uh, B Rap was rapping and um, future, he would look at him and say, "Let this motherfucker feel it." That that's pretty that's pretty much what I'll be be doing on One Nation Radio the uh, next day or or that evening or you know whenever I feel like recording it because, bro, they're 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 they're, they're such trolls if they do this. <laughs> like like there's no way around this. I'm here to let you know right now. Um, on that podcast, are you going to let them motherfuckers feel it as you say? Uh, you'll be having to do that with another co-host because I will be done until uh, Royal Rumble. That, that is pure bullshit. Like, that is pure uncut Colombian bullshit. Like, I, I can't, like, I, I just can't. Like, that, like, you mean to tell me that you fuckers have spent the entire year where he beats Goldberg with one, with one F5. He beats uh, Samoa Joe with 1F5. He beats Braun Strowman 1F5. And then he's going to lose to Jinder Mahal. And the whole reason why you had this dude beat all these all these gigantic, all these Goliaths, uh, all these Leviathans, are because, is because you are building him up super strong so that you can have uh, old Golden Boy uh, get the get the you know get that win uh, and finally get himself over. Uh, to level his push for the first time in the four years you've been doing this, which is like, whatever, that's your plan, cool. But you, like, but you gonna have him like be on his back or get counted out or or, or DQ to gender? Like, nah, bro, that's not. That makes no fucking sense. That's that's moronic. <laughs> um, I, 
I would I would like encourage WWE to have AJ Styles get involved and make sure like if you're gonna go ahead and beat gender I don't like if it's under me I go ahead and squash them I don't care but if you can do this you make AJ Styles play into the finish where he gives gender Mahal a taste of his own medicine already and you build that match up you know for whenever you want to do it like he's distracted he turn some reason he doesn't look at Brock Lesnar and he gets destroyed and mauled and then AJ Styles like pretty much you go off the show off the air with AJ Styles and Brock walking past each other and then AJ Styles picks up the world title and holds it up and then you go off the air with that like that would be the way I do it. You know the way how you know the way how I do it. How I wouldn't butt that fucking match, but whatever. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. Oh, because I don't know a soul that that wants to see this. Like, like if, if you are excited, like if you are excited about watching Brock Lesnar and Jinder Mahal wrestle with each other and tussle and 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 put a match together, enlighten me. Um, because I don't know how Brock's going to end up on the mat for that long for Jinder Mahal to slap him in every rest hold that he does in the match. Um, I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how um, Jinder Mahal is going to keep getting up from these suplexes. Uh, without the Singh brothers running in and all this stuff, it's going to be just all the smoke, all the mirrors, and Lesnar like, I, I can't believe you have me doing this. Yeah. And, and another part about it is like, there are going to be so many matches that I could not give a flying fuck about on this card. Like, Hill versus Hill, Miz versus Corbin, nobody cares. Uh, like, there is, there is a bit of intrigue of uh, the only intrigue to the gender Brock thing is like, are they going to be stupid enough to actually like have have gender like look good against against Brock or, or showcase anything against Brock? Like that's the real intrigue. And then like Natty versus Alexa, nah, like just nah. Like so, three title matches, three champion versus champion matches, and I'm just like, dude, you know how much better you could have done than this? Yeah. It's, it's it's a really weird card, and like hopefully you know, the for me I'm already looking at it as, all right we have the tag we have Shield versus Usos, and we have uh, and we have um, the the Survivor Series matches, like that's what I'm looking forward to in, in this. Like we're actually like really depending on Survivor a Survivor Series match to to make Survivor Series really work, and you know. We've you know two of the last three years we've had really good great uh, Survivor Series uh, matches so, so we've had at least one in both of them so like hopefully that tradition continues because like if you if you actually make work to make intertwine the storylines and uh, dissension amongst the teams and um, and show the like the interaction of like the storytelling and make it all weave together then like you 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 have something really there every year but if you don't. If you don't treat it, if you don't treat it important, it won't. It or won't prepare, feel important. Or prepare I mean, for it. I mean, yeah. Um, there, there's rumors about there being a uh, special ref going to ref this match, and names tossed around are John Cena, Austin Rock, um, and to me that just speaks to the testament of having to put a special referee in there um, with uh, Lesnar. To make it make it kind of be interesting because you got this other dude in the ring with them that that badly needs the assistance, you know, on the marquee. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Yeah, so so I don't know if they're going to do a special ref gimmick. I'm tired of special ref matches. I think they should pretty much be abolished at this point, unless there's a really good reason for one, like like something like the end of an era match with Shawn Michaels and Triple H. It's like, yeah, his best friend versus the, this dude that he fought and has respect for now. There you go. Um, if you want to do something, what, what are some other good special referee matches? Um... Shawn Michaels and Randy Orton, uh, or what, what? Shawn Michaels, any pretty much Shawn Michaels special referee match, <laughs> like because he ends up in some type of personal conflicting feud with someone. Um, like the Daniel Bryan Randy Orton one was a good one. He trained him, and then you know Orton and Michaels have a pretentious relationship over the years, and you know the whole authority tie-in with Triple H being Shawn's boy. Like, there's something there. This one is just a we don't believe in this main event like we like we say we do. Yeah, he ain't who we say he is. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, so. I mean, I I have nothing to follow it up, but like that's just the it's just a, it's just a clear ploy because they know like you know dude no one's actually going to buy that as a real legitimate main event. So let's throw somebody else in there and see if you know people are just like start speculating on what could possibly happen now that this person is played to screw whoever else. Yes, that's that's all it is. Like at least they learn their lesson from doing. Uh, if they have a special guest referee, at least like they're doing something that will show that they learned their lessons from that 2011 Survivor Series when they had uh, Rock and and Cena versus the Awesome Truth. Like anybody was actually going to buy that to see if you know John <laughs> Cena and then and, and the fucking Rock could prevail against the Miz and our Truth. Yeah, man, our Truth should have went over. Um, over where? Over know. back to the house. Oh, over the rock, you know. You have a super duper star right now, but um, <laughs> this man Jane hung up on me. Um, so yeah. Um, what is today? Today is October twenty sixth, and um, it is a special day in um, wrestling history, at least. Um, it is the 39th birthday of CM Punk, uh, as I try to get James back on the line, and, uh, here he goes, um, yeah, yeah, I'm back, James, uh, it, apparently, I guess we got disconnected, uh, somehow, uh, nah, I hung up, I let you know that, that, that the foolish will not be tolerated in this establishment, okay? Oh, I, <laughs> I, I swear, I thought we had some connection is- issues, it's all good. No. You know, we, we can resume back to what we were talking about. Um, yeah, so uh, CM Punk uh, turned 39 years old today, uh, rapidly headed towards, you know, uh, 40. Um, CM Punk, been gone from WWE for shit. Like, it'll be four years next month, or excuse me, in January. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, CM Punk, die for our sins. Um <laughs> Essentially for Dale Bryan in WrestleMania 30. Um, famously walked out of the company when um, he decided he was sick of his shit. And he also uh, saw the... the uh, what, what was that thing Martin Luther King used to say? Like, he, he's seen around the corner. He's seen over the horizon. Oh, my God. So, like... When- I don't even think that's actually something... I think... Okay. When I say that stuff about the Martin Luther King, that's for like Martin Luther King from that Boondocks episode when he was talking about like. Correct. That's uh, what I meant too. Yeah, I did. I, like that ain't actually. I don't think that's actually Martin Luther King's words. That's just like somebody else was. That was okay. If, if, if y'all King have never seen it, it, uh, another another you know two Americas moment, if y'all have never seen. <laughs> 
the uh, Martin Luther King episode on Boondocks, please do. Um, the <laughs> uh, and, and back to the listless actually, CM Punk. Hey, actually, oh. actually, maybe don't. Like that's a that is like a uh, how do you, how do you say? Like that is one of the uh, things about Boondocks is like that shows all about respectability politics, but. And it's funny, like, if you're not somebody that has to, like, you know, uh, have to convince uh, people every single day that, like, uh, the the inequities between, between, like, black people and white people aren't, like, based on, like, pathology. So, like, it can be problematic showing a white person uh, boondocks because they might take it as, like, oh, yeah, you know, their culture is actually all fucked up. It's like, (laughs) nah, bro. You might want to look at, like, your historical differences of and of what, what's affected these outcomes of so, via social engineering, not like there's not there's not no thing about like a black person being born a fuck up like chill on that. Yeah. So that's so that's what, so yeah. I don't know if you should be telling uh, encouraging people to watch Boondocks. I would say uh, if you're gonna watch it, uh, get your or have your mind right on like on what on what's really uh, uh, what's really uh, the damaging in uh, effects. I like to I think say. I like to think if folks have been listening to this show, uh, they know what it is already. So like, <laughs> you know, our audience might be prepared for 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 Boondocks. Look, look, I, I, I'm I'm sure uh, I, I I would ever say like that that is, while that is true, there are a bunch of people that do subscribe to that uh, Chris Rock. Uh, true, there are, there are black people that are in words, so you, you, you can't always just take stuff for given. Yeah, but uh, CM Punk back back to that back to the former best in the world. Um, <laughs> he um, he celebrated his 39th birthday today. So first off, happy birthday to him! Wasn't uh, wishing him uh, much happiness in his post wrestling life. Uh, do you think we ever see this guy like come back and get get in the Hall of Fame or anything like that? And how long do you think that could be until? I mean, I think you know the old saying goes, "All hills boon, all hills boon, all yeah. hills hill." Jesus, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think eventually there'll be a uh, and um, some type of uh, resolution, you know, some type of like make good or, or make up type thing where you know, at least for you know the fans, or whatever, and also for that for that good check as uh, a <laughs> as Roy Wood Junior likes to call it, so. Uh, I, I think eventually there'll be that. Like, I, do I think he'll, you know, have an in-ring career again? I'm less, I'm less, uh, I'm less convinced of that than the actual. Like, they'll make good eventually. Like, I think, you know, he'll stay away because he's a because he's a stubborn motherfucker. And then eventually, over time, will come around after his wrestling days or after his like time to actually being in ring and actually do that stuff for over. Like he'll be an old timer type thing, and it'll be like more of a you know for the fans of that era type thing. Who do you think is more likely to wrestle in WWE again, CM Punk or Daniel Bryan? Bryan. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, Punk. Uh, so, like, I, at I, least there's like, I'm sorry. At least there's like a bridge communication. You know what I'm saying? Correct. <laughs> correct. Um, 
I was going to say, uh, you know, famously, like, you know, I've gone on record many times saying I started watching back in 2011 uh, when Rock came back to uh, start promoting WrestleMania 27. And, um, you know, I fell off a little bit right after WrestleMania, but what hooked me back in was, you know, the rise of CM Punk, um, cutting, dropping the pipe bomb, and uh, I'll, I'll never uh, forget that. Essentially, you know, it kind of like got me all the way back into it. So, damn you, Sam Punk. But um, <laughs> at the same time, but yeah, it's led to you know, you know, watching a lot of wrestling that has held up. You know, to anything I saw when I was a kid. Um, as far as you know, in the ring wise, at least, you know, storylines are always a little different. You know, there's no like Austin running around, but we got our own uh, form of that with old, with uh, Daniel Bryan and all that. But um, Punk definitely made it made his impact. Um, on the game and everything like that. And then this is kind of giving away, I want to come back to this, um, you know, to close the show today. But first I want to talk about Nia Jax because she uh, ended up in a situation where she walked out of the the WWE uh, supposedly over uh, not wanting to do the job to Sasha Banks on TLC and also kind of like general unrest with her character and, um, you know, how she's been used uh, James, what did you make of this story when it when it came out, and and what do you what do you uh, see? And, and also, Nijak threw threw down the, the uh, big Joker. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so what did you think about that whole thing? I thought to myself, my God, like y'all don't give a shit about Sasha Banks, so why in the hell are y'all protecting her? Especially after what you did to her this summer, like she's a geek. And you've been, and you have stopped and started with Naya so much, and uh, she is eventually going to. You're eventually going to do the Naya versus uh, Alexa thing at some point. Uh, seeing that you tease it already, or actually you shot the angle, and then you like backed out of it again. So, like, why in the hell can't she beat Sasha Banks? I got. That's what I thought. I thought it was weird. Yeah. It. Um... You know, Nia Jax is a very divisive personality within uh, the internet uh, community. Some folks they they give her hell for everything uh, based on her size, her you know who she's related to, or whatever. But it has happened and will continue to happen until the end of time. Wrestlers will not want to lose at at a certain point. Um, Every situation is kind of the same but different. Like everybody's got their own think, reasons. Go ahead. I think okay, like there I don't think it's exactly that, but it's something that is sort of hand in hand. It's like wrestlers are okay with losing when it makes sense, right? And or it makes in their mind it makes sense. So in that situation that really didn't make sense to me as a fan watching um and it makes sense for her, for for her at the spot scene, and like they've always had her just basically like outside of the main event um, scene uh, the last couple months. So it's like, why the hell would I lose somebody that like we just jettisoned from the from the main event uh, scene? Like, are y'all going to start again? If that's the case, then why did y'all beat her two weeks after she won the title for like the third time? And also, or, sorry, the fourth time. And also, if you're looking at Nia, like her biggest value is being like the heel monster champion and if she's not that 
you know, it's like how they used to say about Psycho Sid back in the day. If you're not in the main event, like, he's not really worth much to you if he's not a main eventer. So, like, maybe Nia feels like, you know, it's a case where maybe she doesn't feel like this, but it's a case where the perception is if Nia's not the world champion of the women, where do you, what do you do with her? You can't just, like, take her off TV forever because obviously people will forget about her. And you can't just have her go over everybody because then you're going to have the wrong person, quote-unquote, cleaning out the division before they ever get to the belt so they have no one to wrestle. So... I thought, personally, that what was going to happen was um, in, the, in the time to build towards Asuka eventually challenging, challenging for the title, they were going to have um, Naya be one of be basically like the uh, the Chief J Strongbow to Alexa's <laughs> to Alexa's uh, Bruno San Martino, which is funny because you know they say the same thing about Randy Orton uh, being being like the, the safeguard before you get to, you eventually get to Cena in the main event. So uh. I thought I thought that's what was going to happen, and they were like, you know, they're just you know they're all over the place because they like to. They like to have put people up and down and up and down and up and down. But, like, with Naya, it wasn't so much up and down as much of it was stop and start, stop and start, stop and start. So, for me, you know, I understand it. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, criticisms of, of Naya, um, they're, they're, they're legitimate. Like, I've seen her almost kill, like, two different people, right? So, yeah. Um, but, I mean, she's more over than she's pretty much ever been. Like, over the summer, she got more over than she pretty much had ever been at any other point. So it's like, all right, if not now, then when? Right. And um, she played the big face joker of, uh, I'll call Rock and ask him what to do. And Rock gave her the advice, walk. And I, I, <laughs> I imagine that uh, <laughs> that when, once they got back to Vince, like, like Nia holds a certain amount of leverage that I don't think many of the other women do. Um, you know, no. it, Rock, they don't obviously don't want to, you know, screw Nia up and, and cause themselves that relationship with Rock, uh, you know, for however a, they want to be affiliated with him. There's a reason why Paige's still employed. Right. And there's all, and that, and that has to do with Dwayne and Rock Johnson. Yep. So, you know, I wonder how Triple H feels about all this. Like, I'm sick of this motherfucker. Like, <laughs> back, back to our... <laughs> I'll say this, though. Look, see... At least we, at least you know, we always talk about how Vince and um, Vince is a stubborn uh, dude that doesn't, they can't like read like the, they can't read like what's ahead of them, and like it's ultimately you know, it's cost him a lot on the um, at points in his career, and it's also won him a lot at the same time because he's a riverboat gambler and he's, a, and he's an egomaniac. All right, well, at least at least that man know not to go to ride a Tyrese. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, based on what, he, what Rock did to him, Rock and win. yeah, yeah. Like seriously, besides seriously, besides like the military and and um and the police force, like who else? Who else in America is going uh, is going to beat the Rock? I mean, if it, if it were to come down to a head to head between uh, between two. Uh, between two uh, institutions, yes, I call the Rock Institution. Yes, I do. Like yes. as far as like like cultural like influence and just like looking who wins, like who we, who we start making the no. jokes about. Like no, no, like something happens. Nobody's necessarily at fault one way or the other. 
who uh, people who are people going to put their capes on for? Besides, like most people, most people, right? No judgment, most people. Like so, besides the besides the police force and the military, who's beating the rock? Beyonce. Mm, that's a little different. I think you're thinking of different amongst a certain uh, demographic. I don't think you're thinking amongst like uh, the three. Uh, what did he say? The 1.5 to 350. Oh, okay. The 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 350, huh? The 350 of all that it all embodies Americana, if you will. Uh, maybe Taylor Swift. But I don't know. She she might have like like burnt her her uh, goodwill. Yeah. After at, yeah, Taylor Taylor. Taylor catching L's these past uh, this past year ever since uh oh Obama uh that, that Kim Kardashian what Obama although I don't think Rock and I don't know if those guys would ever um, be opposed I, to each other I, I, uh uh out in public Rich, at least I, I like to I like to tell you I like to tell you about this thing called the 2016 uh <laughs> uh presidential election like uh yeah Obama wasn't Obama is uh. How do you say it? He's polarizing without ever really being polarizing. If, if, if you catch my drift, I don't understand. It's been a it's been a tell. It's been a whirlwind of change over the last like eight years, apparently. So, you know, um, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, um, I was on a Chad Matthews podcast uh, this week, and um, <laughs> I didn't realize that segment. I segwayed that for you, but yeah. Yep, it worked. Um, so uh, I, I went ahead on there, and it, this originally started, um, you know, like if you guys didn't hear my appearance on there, I, I encourage you to go check it out. Um, the doc says, uh, shouts out to Chad for like, you know, kind of bringing that out of me because I was like, I have this crazy theory. I told him about it, and I told him one line what it was about, and I saved it pretty much live until whatever. So, you know, he um, was gracious enough to, you know, give me that space uh you know in full trust to to do so so um the story goes like this like i was talking to james on the phone uh probably a couple days before i wrote it out and i I think we were shooting shit about something we were talking about maybe like ta-nehisi coz's book uh we were eight years in power or something like that yeah you were asking me um or you were basically asked me what it was about because I had bought the book the day it came out or whatever, and I told you I only read through. Um, I basically explained to you like, yeah, you know, uh, there's basically a prologue. There's uh, eight essays that he uh, that were already published on the Atlantic, and then um, he pretty much gives a breakdown about um, where he's at now, what his thoughts on what he wrote um, at the time. Now in 2017, um, it's like it's like uh, chapter notes. And then um, he has the the epilogue is pretty much is that essay uh, uh, Trump is Donald Trump is America's first white president. Uh, so so then you asked me about the breakdown because I told you I only read through I had read like half the of the uh, of the uh, essays you know when they came out at the time. So you asked me like okay so what's what's a little different here than there? And I explained to you like like what the like the thing that ties us all together is uh, the title of the book in. Uh, and uh, what he came across as far as the parallels between re- black reconstruction, uh, post uh, emancipation, and uh, and like the backlash to uh, Obama's presidency, which led to uh, uh, the election of Donald Trump. And like I told you that in um, the gist of it, and you were kind of like, it was almost like over the phone hearing you like be deflated and like almost. 
like deflated because you're like, oh my god, he's absolutely right. This is like terrible. But like now I know like this is like this dude cut through this bullshit that quick. This cut dude cut through this bullshit and like it's it's clear. You made it so clear. It's almost like you. It's almost like uh, discovering like a revelation and like you just like like something like cuts you to the bone as far as like this is like cutting truth and it's like depressing and it's sad. But like it's the truth and you like you can't look away from it. Right, and, and then when I was talking to you, it felt like, like when I started applying that to, I was like, man, that kind of feels like, like wrestling a little bit. It was like a light bulb went off of my head. Like, <laughs> yeah, so this is just how I think. Like, <laughs> it's like cause I, I have this like little term like wrestling is life, like because it's a reflection of life, like in certain situations at least. And then like I pretty much took it like the years that the fans kind of were in power were the rise of you know cm punk and daniel bryan um and then after that like everything has been an attempt to live in a post cm punk and daniel bryan world uh, where they yeah. give the opportunity to to aj styles and seth rollins and uh, all these guys but they're not really the dudes that you know like like punk and bryan were no matter how good mm-hmm. they are, like they're just as good as them, or even better. Like I think AJ Styles is better than uh, than than CM Punk, but like there was there was like a clear there was a clear old guard, and then it was replaced by you know that whole thing, and then after that, it's like yeah, we're in that post world now. We're in this separate but equal phase of WWE, like where. They they can have the NXTs. They can have um, you know the untraditional looking stars, the organic guys that people really want to get behind. Then they put them at a certain level, but they're never going. Slotted, yeah. yeah, they're slotted. Like they're never. We're never going to get this generational. Like all the new guys that come along, they're always going to be have a have a have a lid on them essentially. Like just like. You know, African Americans in America for you know however X amount of years have uh, have have gone like, past. Yeah, like I don't think I don't know if you thought about this the way I did, but um, it, uh, when I was explaining to you about how uh, in the book how Coates is uh, reading um, W uh, W E Du Bois uh, analysis on um. The governor, or sorry, the, uh, the the congressman in South Carolina basically comes to the altar when they're about to like start Jim Crow, and, and um, he's saying, "Look, man, like you gave us, you know, less than twenty years, and you know, we built uh, we built infra- we built a, a, a governmental infrastructure, and we built you know bridges and and, and and all this other stuff, and all this good work that we've done in a short amount of time. Why would you kill this in?" The boss, you know, ultimate critique is the only thing worse. The only thing that that like uh, that white supremacy fears more than a, than, a, than a bad uh, black government is a good black government. And like for me, you know, now that you you you, know, you brought up the wrestling thing, and at the time, like I didn't, I never really fully entertained this. But now that I'm thinking about it, like one of the parallels is, all right, Vince lets the quote unquote uh, let people, you know. The people that he doesn't hand pick and choose that aren't the traditional uh, guys that have you know that fit all these markers for what he wants out of a guy, 
um, if those guys actually do break through, then where does that leave him in the future of his company as far as him being the, the person that can that makes all these unilateral decisions and can always tell people to go to hell, kiss his ass? Is that the, is that the uh, what's, the, what's the phrase? Is that the hill you want to die on? Yeah. yeah. And gives all these guys, and, and get these guys in the constant, like, right. Um, like, if things did change, then what happens to his strong grip on professional wrestling? And his company. And uh, in the going future, like... I mean, this is a company, you know, he has a, he has a controlling interest in it, but, like, you know, it ain't that hard to, it ain't that hard to, uh, it ain't that hard to foresee what could happen if, um, if things in the office changed, right? Like, if just, like, the power structure changes even a little bit. So, you see what happens for where, like, all right, well, let's push a dude that's never even had a singles let's like let's push a dude and fast track him that's never even like been a singles wrestler on the main car let's fast track that dude to win the title without ever winning any um underneath belts as a singles wrestler like let's you know like let's let's do all these weird things with Finn Balor and and AJ Styles and uh, Seth Rollins like we'll you know we have we'll have these guys around and you know Seth Rollins is uh you know, he can be our "quote unquote" alt guy or whatever else. Especially back when he had the, you know, the the uh, the half two face hair or whatever. Um, but ultimately, like, we're only gonna let those guys get to a certain level. Um, we're not gonna make them super duper stars. We're not gonna we're not we're not in any illusion. Like, in fact, like to me personally, like in my mind, the way they've done this, like they don't really like they want you know. Uh, Reigns to be the face of the company, uh-huh. but like he'll never be like the guy. Like how, for example, a Triple H or a Cena or a Rock were often never were. As far as like their number one guy, they can more or less call their shots and kill shit dead because uh, they have creative some creative control. And what you gonna do? Tell them no and then have them walk, and then you're stuck with a shit pay per view because they like, never they don't, they don't really Reigns never built his yeah, like I think they don't. I don't think they ever want a guy to ever get that big again, and that's the problem. Like they, they have made it to where like they are a one. They are a, they're they're they are an NFL team without a quarter without a star quarterback. They're like we got guys that are stars, but like nobody's ever bigger than a team. You can hold out and all the other stuff if you want to. Um, and there may be some legitimacy to uh, the reason why you're holding. I feel like you need more cash or need this, that, and a third. But like people are here to see the circus in town. They're not here to see necessarily you. And we're not we're going to make damn sure that like don't we're not make damn sure but like we're going to do the fifty fifty booking that no to make sure that nobody ever becomes that big and leaves us for Hollywood. They're, they're going to protect the shield, uh, like another NFL phrase, and also That's going a good point yeah, and also and also going back to what you were saying, like um, when you were saying yo we done all these good things, like why would you take this away from us, like. Like Daniel Bryan saved WrestleMania thirty events, like, <laughs> like, like, and I know Daniel Bryan's body broke down on, on him or whatever, but there were there were guys set in place to be to to take over that you know that whole that energy that movement just how like you know Daniel Bryan pretty much absorbed you know CM Punk and like the Daniel Bryan following the CM Punk following became one. Like it was, it was unified. It was ready, like for him to be the leader. And then, unfortunately, he broke down. But there were so many guys set up in the pipeline. It feels like, and still there now, that never quite got to do that thing because WWE decided that 
even though, like you said, like it was, you know, bad uh, Negro leadership is good Negro leadership. It's like, wow, if he's right, does that mean I was wrong all throughout history? Like, <laughs> also, and like, and, and the thing is with it is these guys now, like, they get stuck being second tier players. Like, you know, they they could have the next Daniel Bryan and Johnny Gargano, but I, I don't know if we'll ever find that out. Like, <laughs> and, 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 and if that doesn't like make you like, you know, think about it a weird way. Like, like we just had Kane going over, you know, a young star on Monday night. Like for what? Like, and then also like, you know, there, there, there are unicorns like, like Braun Strowman, of course, that don't like fit this uh, thing. But I felt like it was a situation where he was organic and the people wanted him, but because the people wanted him, Vince didn't get it. He was like, no, not yet. That's always going to be there. But you can't take that stuff for granted because that can leave. Like, because at one point, they wanted Roman Reigns. But then, at another point, it's like, yo, he became the system, essentially. You know, and it's unfortunate for, for Reigns because he didn't do anything but show up and get handed bad material. And, you know... he. He did some of it himself, also, but he caught way. Yeah, he wasn't even, the, thing, the other thing is like when I said about the about uh, like how they fast tracked him. He wasn't ready for that. Like if we had like, and granted, I don't necessarily mean right now. Like if they had waited like literally a year, gave him a year. You know, they, they been a, he would have been in a better spot to actually like go out there and sink and swim as far as the promos. Like they were just like, we have a guy that looks the part. So we so we basically took him with the number one overall pick. We're going to go out. We're going to run up to the. We're going to run up to the state to the, to the podium <laughs> to go draft to go draft a, a, a Jake Locker, a, a Mike Glennon type. Oh you know what I'm saying? God. Like, and I don't, I don't mean as no disrespect. The Roman Roman is a far uh, superior wrestler compared to those guys. Uh, those bums, uh, uh, like, uh, work as as quarterbacks. I'm just saying, like, this is what this is like. The, this was the trappings of. You bet. You guys bet on the wrong dog, and you guys knew that. Y'all guys knew what these the issues were. Y'all just so desperate to find another quote unquote quarterback. Yeah. Um, to succeed, Cena. Yeah, and the and the whole deal with that indie scene, like that, never quite went away. It's still the great indie scene as it's always been. They're always going to be producing like new, exciting guys, and that's what the fans are kind of like that. That. That ceiling, or excuse me, that floor of the indies, like, is rising now. Like, you can, you can mm-hmm. see it more than ever. There's merch available. Like, you walk into a store. You walk into a Hot Topic anywhere in America. You can find a Bullet Club shirt. You can, mm-hmm. you, you see the ground rising. Like, and the, these guys are going to be doing the things that are going to be influencing the next generations of stars. Just like, you know... The, the folks the like the the um the black rock musicians in the fifties that pretty much got their sound like pretty much adopted through influence and you know some appropriation a little bit um in the uh you know what do you, well, what do you mean some <laughs> you know have you ever have you ever, have you ever heard of the latest Zeppelin record yeah so <laughs> 
So like you, you you hear like the next generation like and they take their music and, and blow it up. So like it's gonna be like the next generation that takes what all what all the guys are doing outside of WWE now and pretty much will get the credit for it if they come along into WWE with that. But it's like these guys now like the young bucks are like these guys are Robin Hood out here. Like <laughs> like these guys are the dudes. Like I don't know if they'll ever get their credit, but I'm glad they're getting the money right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I think when I think about that, I'm thinking to myself like, you know, you say like the next generation, like my next generation. You mean NXT right now? Because like you know that sort of they sort of have WWE. Like the, the weird thing about NXT is NXT is almost like uh, almost like when the NBA put in the college the one year of college rule, where <laughs> it's almost like well, well, like well, you know. People have all these worries about like these indie these quote unquote indie guys like they have worries about these uh, these high school guys for you know minus the you know all the problematic uh, issues of uh, of uh, the problematic issues that lie with you being worried about eighteen year old black kids getting a bunch of money. Uh, but aside from that point, uh, you have you have them going to the indies and they get these guys and they basically put them on a stage to where they can get or where uh people that are into the NBA will be able to see these NBA slash WWE if you will be able to see these guys on a on a fairly regular basis on that on on t or on the network um and they get to become uh of they get to actually brand themselves as, as stars ahead of time and then you know the diehards are in on them and have seen them so that there's already hype so people already know who they are while coming into the league as opposed to, you know, like, who the hell is this Kobe Bryant kid? Who the hell is this T-Mac kid? Who's this, dude, who's this kid from, like, from uh, from from uh, South Carolina by way of Chicago named Kevin Garnett? So, like, that's sort of how they've done this um, by getting these indie guys to come in and, and spend a year, year and a half, and in the case of Finn Balor, how long was Finn Balor there for like two and a half years, it felt like. Yeah. Yeah, Finn Balor felt, felt Finn Balor felt like the Tyler Hansbro, Tim Tebow of, of NXT. Jesus. So, so, so that when guys, you know, so the guys get there, there's already like there's already a buzz for the Oscar, same thing, and you know the Horsewomen as well, and and hopefully, you know, they have a people know who they are because the hardcore know who they are, and people and they hope that you know these guys can get over from there. The issue is once they get from the, the issue is like you know somehow for some reason. Cop, you know, as opposed to the exact opposite, which is true for uh, the NFL and uh, especially the NBA, is like, why is the college game better than, than the pro game? <laughs> or the college game is not preparing you for the program, the pro game. In, in this case, in WWE and NXT, like, like, I don't think Nakamura got helped by going to NXT. Like, like he was, he was the same guy he would have always been. Like, the only thing he got out of NXT was a classic match with Sami Zayn. And you know he got the a NXT classic, title. Oh, a classic match, a classic match, a classic, a classic match. Easy for me to say, and a uh, and a all time great entrance. Yeah, all time great entrance. Those are the things he got from NXT. Um, Bobby Roode, you know he he got, you know he got some matches with Nakamura, and he got uh, you know the the entrance music. He got. It's like these guys are, you know, we're kind of going in circles now, but it's like. If you want to hear the full verbatim rant, like go check out Chad's show uh, because it's yeah. you know 
you know, and, and remove yourself from it's the it's the macro, not the micro. Obviously, no one's dying or anything like that. Um, you know, when you pull out the no, words, the best way to the best way to explain to people is it's a thought experiment. I mean, it's not about lags. It's, it's it's an analogy that's based on the abstract, it's not an analogy based off like millions of lies, millions of lies, like you know, uh, being you know destroyed based off of social engineering. Yeah. But um, we're ultimately talking about you know body slams and, and drop kicks. Yeah, and fake fights. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, I, I think that's a kind of a good place to leave it. Uh, James, you got anything you want to add uh, before we get up out of here? Uh, no, nah, not too much. No, nah, nothing really. Uh, I guess I'm. I guess I'm headed over to your spot tomorrow for uh stranger things season two marathon so i guess that'll be fun but uh i'll tell you what i'll uh i'm sure we'll have stories for for uh the listeners next week for that or even sunday for sure man uh i just want to say uh the los angeles lakers are two and two uh you know the lonzo ball is not losing twice in a week out here um you know i was waiting for the torture you know it didn't come um and uh, I, I'm proud of my team right now, you know. So, so I, I'm real happy, you know, about about the NBA right now. Uh, it feels like I have a dog in the fight, you know. And um, I've been seeing a lot of like, you know, good performances and games going down to the wire, and, and dudes like having to step up early in the season. Like Eric Gordon, uh, go ahead and put went ahead and put the Sixers away, um, you know, with a game winner. They uh, the Lakers and, and the um, What's their names? Uh, the Wizards, they had a overtime game that went down to the wire. Uh, LeBron and uh, what was against the Nets. Uh, the Warriors and the Rockets, like, a lot of, like, close, like, a lot, a lot of competitive games. Like, it's a lot of, like, things going on right now where it's, like, I don't know if everyone's legs are all the way under them. You know, the news uh, schedule has, has played a little bit of a part. And, you know, dude's not being ready, but, you know. Um. I'm, I'm liking where the league's going this year, so, like, I'll be watching plenty. And if you guys want to, like, we'll probably do some NBA talk Sunday, um, you know, a little bit more expanded on there. Uh, we'll have a little bit more to work with. But, you know, who, who's impressed you thus far the most, James? Um, as a team or individual player? Both. Well, I mean, you got to say Giannis because, like, I mean, he showed up ready to go. Um is it so far like you I mean he's had what, three or two three monster games already I mean we're most teams are already like right now I'm watching Sixers not Sixers I'm sorry I'm watching um Bucks versus Celtics right now the game's coming to an end and like you know he's already had another on par performance for MVP caliber uh stat line so like this is now well just uh, only one game he hasn't done this so uh you know it's it's crazy that he's you know he's about to turn 30 or 23 and he's already doing this like it's it's just really interesting like it's gonna be fun to see where this goes over the next um you know 10 years with him yeah man so uh now as far as as far as the team i, I mean like, i guess you gotta say the clippers right uh have they lost yet no yeah they yeah there's no undefeated teams in, in the league yeah, anymore. Yeah, like the last one was actually the warriors wizards. or not the Warriors, the wizards yeah um but like you know, it's it's for those that you know, those that never really watch or whatever else. Like you know, and maybe it's just, just me or whatever. But like, Pete Blake Griffin is like one of the most fun guys to watch in the entire league because like 
The dude plays so hard. The dude has such a great handle for his position, such such great touch and passing ability. Um, and now you see like that jumper, like he's shooting like forty four percent or some shit, right? Something like that, yeah. Like the thing is, when you give Blake Griffin, um, when when like that's the thing with that that two thousand fourteen year was like it, for those that didn't watch, like that dude was incredible. He was so fun to watch because it was almost like watching like. It's almost like watching Sean Kemp and like Carl Malone merge together as a one player, but with a handle. It was like, oh, this dude has this dude can shoot out to twenty feet. Oh, this dude will put you. This dude will will dunk on you and send you. You know, traveling across the, the space time continuum. Like it's 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 really fun to watch that dude and like and it's been you know, and I'm glad to uh. I'm glad that we have that back because yeah, I didn't know if we were ever going to see that again. All you had to do was get rid of Chris Paul, and, and he started taking off. You know, no, you know, you ain't theory. The issue was the issue. No, the issue with him was uh, can that dude stay healthy? I mean, we talked about it on the on the playoff preview was like, you know, I don't know if they're making the playoffs because like I'm expecting Blake Griffin to miss twenty to uh, miss twenty to thirty games because that's what he does every single year. So. Like at least we getting it. At least we're getting that good that good Blake Griffin before he eventually inevitably gets hurt again. Yeah, man. Um, but we'll, we'll get to more NBA talk uh, next week. Uh, we'll try to sprinkle a little bit of that in there. Go Lakers! Big baller brand, triple B's. Listen to that Super Saiyan, uh, Lonzo. But um, yeah, we we up out of here, man. Appreciate y'all listening. Peace. Later, Kyrie. The floor is not forty years old. Between me and you, I think that boy kind of slow. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.